Welcome to this episode of the Dreamers Manual Podcast. My name is Julie and I'm an online business manager and creator of virtual tools that will help you simplify your business and gain time back in your day and in your life. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, which is the Enneagram with Carissa Harrison. If you guys haven't connected with Carissa, she is just the kindest, most compassionate, lovely human being. And what I love so much about her perspective is that she shares about how to use the Enneagram as an actual tool in your life and ultimately in your business and how it can help you become a better business owner, a better leader, a better friend, just an all-around better human being. Now, if you haven't had the chance to connect with Carissa, she is a certified Enneagram coach and consultant who is passionate about helping leaders use the Enneagram to execute a plan for personal and professional growth that works so well, everyone around them notices the results. With more than 15 years of leadership experience, including at the executive level, she is passionate about helping individuals and teams use the Enneagram to perform at their highest and best. Carissa has worked with executive leaders, entrepreneurs, and leaders from organizations all across the globe, from teams to small businesses, schools, and Fortune 500 companies. She's been married to her partner for 14 years, and they have three school-age kids. Carissa has also shared some amazing tools and resources for you, including her free Enneagram assessment link, as well as some books and podcasts she recommends. So definitely check out the show notes for those. You can find Carissa with her name at her website, carissaharrison.com, and her Instagram at Carissa Harrison. Can't wait for you guys to dig into this. Here's Carissa. Hi, Carissa, and welcome to the Dreamers Manual podcast. Oh, Julie, it's such a great pleasure to be with you today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited, and I have just been waiting to be able to share this information with the listeners, and I cannot wait to dig in. But first, for people that haven't had the chance to connect with you yet, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for your business? Yeah, absolutely. So hello, everyone. I am a certified Enneagram coach and consultant. And so what that means is I get the honor and privilege of working primarily with individuals and teams, helping them use this tool called the Enneagram to increase their emotional intelligence and really begin to understand what is motivating the way that they think and feel and behave, which we would all know and understand has tremendous implications uh, across the landscape of our lives. So our professional lives, our relationships, our family life, all of the things. And how did you start doing this? Because I know that there are people probably in a, a wide spectrum, right? People who are listening that have never heard of the Enneagram, or maybe they've heard of it, but don't really know what it is to people who maybe have purchased books and are more all in on the the system, but being able to use your gifts and your interest in order to support teams, businesses, and people with this type of work is really interesting. And sometimes I think people dismiss their talents or their interests because they think, I don't know that this is something I could transform into a business. And so I'm wondering how, what brought you to the point where you were able to 
to use all of your skills and talents together and, and have this business? Oh, I love this question. So it was about 2019, middle of, no, excuse me, middle of 2020 that I was considering a change professionally. I had been leading as an executive leader in the nonprofit space for several years and just knew that it was time for a change and a transition, but I wasn't quite sure what that was going to look like, especially with just the landscape that we were in globally at the time. And the Enneagram for me has been the best tool I have used personally for my own personal growth and then became along the way the best tool that helped me develop as a leader of teams and a leader of people. And so when an opportunity came up to certify to use the Enneagram as a tool in coaching and consulting, it grabbed my interest. And so I jumped in with both feet and thought, I think this would be a great way to serve people and to serve leaders and to serve organizations. And so went through the certification process and launched my business at the end of 2020. And it really has just been such a gift and a privilege to work with individuals, you know, really in a coaching relationship, mostly with leaders, helping them to understand what are the things that are holding them back or sabotaging them, where, where they're experiencing resistance. The Enneagram helps us to uncover what's causing the resistance so that they can operate with more self-awareness and more freedom. And so that is a great honor. And then on the consulting side of things, getting to really work with team dynamics and how do we increase emotional intelligence across an organization, which is, you know, self-awareness and social awareness. And how do we increase collaboration and communication and conflict management so that we have synergy and we're building trust as a team. And so kind of leaned into not just the Enneagram, but my own passions and my own natural experience and giftedness. And, you know, with time, it just has turned into something that I am so incredibly grateful for. And full disclosure, I have had the privilege of getting to work with you on a team. You came in for a team that I'm on and were able to do so many cool things, but provide everybody with their Enneagram report, talk with them about any you know questions they had about that, and then provide not only you know a really powerful presentation to the team, but then you were able to give the leadership so many tools to be able to use with the team. And I have to say, in retrospect, and we had done other types of, I guess I would call them assessments and you know things that could help in the, in the same or similar way. But I know that we found that the Enneagram and your work specifically with us was such a powerful tool in transforming so many aspects. And it wasn't like we didn't have a good team dynamic already going, but there were tweaks that I just really think made a huge impact. And so I can tell people firsthand, uh, you know, the brilliance of what you're able to do. and. I wonder, I don't know that I would have expected that type of an impact from something that maybe someone would distill down to like, is it, it's just a personality test. Like how can that really impact an organization? Do you have people reach out and they already are interested in the Enneagram or are they looking for a framework of coaching and 
and they're curious about your work and what you do. Hmm. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing some of your experience. It was such a gift to get to work with that team. And you're right. You already had such a solid foundation of trust and goodness on your team and you know, just this established sense of we're in this together and there was a supportive dynamic. And so that really sets you up to be able to get the best of an opportunity like Enneagram Consulting. Um, You know, what's fun about what I get to do now is I, I get to see all different kinds of teams and all different kinds of organizations in the online space and in the corporate space and the nonprofit space. And every team is different. And what you begin to notice is that there's also just such a beautiful part of when humans are working together and everybody is wanting to operate with self-awareness and care for one another well. And that was definitely present with the team that you are on and that you are a part of leading, which is a direct reflection of who you are and the way that you desire to lead. So that was just so fun. And so um, to answer your question, most of my clients, when they come to me, they already are intrigued by or fully sold on the Enneagram as a helpful framework for their development and growth. Someone who is just looking for coaching, I've had one and she actually is still working with me. She's a long-term client and somebody had heard me speak at a community event for female leaders in business. And she was looking for a coach. They referred her to me and she kind of came in not knowing anything about the Enneagram, but just really trusting the process with me and trusting, you know, testimonials and word of mouth kind of things. And so that has been fun. But other than her, there's no one else that comes to mind who, you know, has come in without any awareness of the Enneagram. Most people come in thinking that they've got a pretty good understanding. Most of them already have landed on their Enneagram type. What I think they are pleasantly surprised by is how deep this tool goes. And no matter how much we know about the Enneagram and about how that may be operating in our life, there's still so much more to mine under the surface. I mean, you know, I'm 11 years into using this tool in my own personal growth and development, and I am still every day uh, paying attention and coming up with new awarenesses. And when an author that I respect releases a new book, I'm picking it up because there's just, there's more to learn for myself as an Enneagram three. And then there's still so much more for me to learn about the other personality types as well. I would love it if you would share for people who are less familiar with the Enneagram, what you love specifically about it as a tool in business, because I know you talked about how deep it goes. And I do think that sets it apart from some of the other tests that I have looked at, but I'm curious if you have some other thoughts about what really makes it such a perfect tool to be using in this type of way. Yeah. So I would say for me, it's the favorite tool for measuring and increasing emotional intelligence. I really think that's what sets it apart. And regardless of who we are following right now, we are learning together collectively in the last decade that emotional intelligence is what sets great leaders apart from the rest. It's the key indicator of success, regardless of what industry we're leading in. Even if that's we're leading ourselves as a solo entrepreneur, 
we're all leading and we need emotional intelligence work in order to do that well. And so, you know, we've got great assessments out there, DISC and Strength Finders and Leading from Your Strengths and Myers-Briggs. All of those are helpful tools that I've used myself leading teams. What I have found to be the difference between Enneagram and some of the others is the Enneagram really helps us understand our motivations. So it's not only diagnosing outward behavior and personality characteristics. So, you know, we would say things like I'm more introverted or extroverted, or I'm more people pleasing, or I'm more dominant, or I am somebody who struggles with boundaries, or I'm, you know, somebody who kind of goes along to get along, or I'm a perfectionist, like all of those things, you know, are kind of outward behavior characteristics that we all subscribe to to varying degrees. What the Enneagram helps us do is it helps us get to the root cause of what is driving the way that we think and feel and behave. So if I struggle with people pleasing and I have a hard time setting boundaries and I know as a leader that that is impacting me, understanding that that's an issue is a good step, right? It's it's about half the battle, but then Mm -hmm. where do we go from there? Like, I know I need to set the boundary. I even have been told how to set the boundary, but there's this internal resistance. Every time I go to set the boundary, there's this anxiety that comes up and I don't know what to do about that. The Enneagram helps us diagnose what's causing that internal resistance. What is the core fear that is causing me to think or feel or behave in that way. And we can use that example with people pleasing. We can use it with controlling behavior. We can use it with conflict avoidance, all the things. But at the end of the day, those motivations, it's like the difference between the doctor treating the symptom of a headache with Tylenol or the doctor sitting down with you and going, okay, how often are you having the headaches? When are they coming up for you? What else is going on in your life? Let's get to the root cause of what's actually causing the headache and let's treat that. Mm -hmm. And it's powerful when you are working with other team members because from everything from, you know, one of the notes that I took away from your work with uh, our team is that they were team members and based on their Enneagram type who just needed more time to digest information before they were able to come back and give feedback. So then we were able to provide that information before meetings, or we were able to go into a meeting saying, here's the information. Can you digest this, process it, and then get back to us and let us know what you think. And just that sort of you know small change made such a big difference. But also I would say we were in Stellar a team that was pretty heavy on Enneagram twos. And so the those of us who were not Enneagram twos could come in and say, how can we help support you with your boundaries? And we could also identify, like on my own team, I have um, team members that are Enneagram two, and I could be very, very conscious of knowing that what I would ask of them, they would agree to, even if it was outside of their ability or scope or time that they have allocated. And so I could be really intentional and check in and say, you know, here's something that I would love support with. Can you tell me, does this work with your time? Does this work with all those things? So it was, I could very intentionally help hold boundaries in both ways for people that I worked with. And it was just such a, like you talk about emotional intelligence that was not present before we did this work with the, with the Enneagram. Mm, 
So I love hearing those examples because what that points to is the practicality of the work. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge passion of mine. Um, I don't want to fill my clients' minds with new information and then leave them there. What we need to do is take that information and identify how do we then take different action based off of that information. And so that would be the second piece that I think sets the Enneagram apart a bit is it's not just giving us information about ourselves and about other people and kind of informing things, but it actually gives us practical and tangible action that we can implement into our personal life if we're working on our own personal and professional development or into a team culture dynamic that we can hold on to, you know? And so like a client will literally walk away with different things that they can put into action that will help support the growth that they've identified. And I mean, that's just a game changer. That's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge that we are able to actually take action on. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful way to say that. I know that you know one of my interests is in hiring for teams, and it's something that I'm really passionate about. And certainly, you know, at a very, I would consider it still a surface level because obviously I'm still a student and learning too. I've been able to take the information that I've learned about the Enneagram and very gently use it and apply it in some hiring methods. And I say in a very gently way, because one thing that you shared with us that really stuck with me is that you said for any role you'd hire for, you would want the healthy version of that Enneagram type versus the unhealthy version of any type. I'm wondering if you could expand on that a little bit. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So This is a common question that comes up, especially when I've worked with a client for a little while and most of them at some point are hiring along the way, whether it's during our work together or after our work together. And then they're going to come back and they're going to say, okay, Carissa, how do I use what we learned to hire the right fit person for my team? And you're very right. I'm not looking to hire an Enneagram one for this role or an Enneagram eight for that role. Um, Because a one or an eight or any of the other types can be fantastic in any role. But what I'm looking for is an emotionally intelligent, healthy version of whatever their Enneagram type is. And that's how we can use this tool to help us make wiser hiring decisions. And so what's been fun is in the last year, several clients now have come back and we've done some consulting around, okay, Carissa. You know, we've got our last two to three top candidates for this position. Here's what I'm looking for. And here are the three people they've identified that they're this Enneagram type. And what we will talk through is, okay, based off of their Enneagram type, here are a few questions that you can ask them to help measure their level of emotional intelligence. How self-aware are they? And here's what I want you to listen for as you're asking the questions. If they answer this way, it's a yellow flag. So just something to be aware of. You may need to do some development with them in this area. If they answer this way, this this may be a red flag that we want to talk through. If they answer this way, then they've got, you know, some good social awareness and so or or self-awareness. So it really becomes a way towards the end to instead of asking every candidate the exact same cookie cutter questions 
you know, can we identify, is this person humble? Well, humility looks different based off of how we uniquely see the world and how we're wired. So let's look for that. You know, if this personality type is going to struggle with some of these typically in the workplace when they have a low level of emotional intelligence. Well, let's ask some open-ended questions and kind of see what they come back with. A lot of it winds up being, hey, you know, if, so we've been picking on Enneagram 2s a little bit today, which by the way, I think I just am naturally uh, drawn to Enneagram 2s. I'm married to one. My mother-in-law is a type 2. Some really important key people in my life. And so I adore them. They do sometimes struggle to set healthy boundaries in the workplace. It's part of why they are great on teams, but any gift taken to an extreme can become unhealthy for the individual and for the team. So a question we might ask in Enneagram 2 towards the end of a hiring process is, tell me about the last time you were in a situation where your boss or supervisor was asking you to accomplish more than was reasonable. And how did you navigate that? Or tell me about the last time other people on your team were asking you to do work that you didn't feel like was your responsibility. How, how do you navigate that? And what you're looking for in that situation is that they are aware of their own limits because a, a type two who doesn't have self-awareness will just go, there's never been a time when I couldn't get everything done <laughs> right. and I can do anything that's asked of me. And on paper, we're like, oh, that sounds great. But eventually that person's going to hit their wall and and we're going to have to face some reality. So you're looking for a person who goes, you know what, there are times when sometimes it's just too much. And a way that I would handle that is to say to my leader or my supervisor, fill in the blank. And so it doesn't mean you don't hire them if they don't have a good answer, but it's information that you have. Like we want to go into hiring as much as we can with our eyes wide open. You know, who are we hiring? Where do, where are they likely going to need some development? How can I look out for them, especially in the first 90 days and help them to be successful and to feel good on the team? Because it's not just, are they performing well, but we want them to have a good experience with us, you know, so much of our time and resources get wasted when we hire someone and then they bail on us. For sure. And I definitely don't want people to think we're picking on twos either because I also share huge affection for Enneagram twos. I feel very protective a lot of times over them. And I see honestly a lot of if you're hiring for support, especially a virtual assistant role, especially certain types of customer service roles, you see a lot of Enneagram twos and maybe also nines apply to those positions. And so I do want to be aware. And also, I don't know if you do this or recommend it, but I I think like if I was hiring for someone who's an Enneagram eight, for example, which I in my life have a lot of Enneagram eights, which can be intense sometimes, but also I'm absolutely, of course, love and adore them. If I'm hiring for somebody who's an Enneagram eight, I'm not saying I wouldn't hire somebody who was Enneagram two, but I would just make sure that we had great communication and expectations. Like this is what this person will need and want to be able to be successful in their job down to like what type of feedback and how they receive it. And, you know, just let everybody know who the players are and what you might be able to expect. Because I think if you can set that stage ahead of time, you can cut off maybe some potentials for misunderstandings or hurt feelings. If everybody knows what to expect about the interactions. 
Absolutely. Yeah, the first step is always, do we know ourselves well? We have to start with the self-awareness piece. And then from there, when we move into the social awareness piece, you know, you're right. It doesn't prevent conflict. It doesn't prevent challenges from happening or hurt feelings from happening. But what it does is it gives us really helpful tools to navigate when those things come up. And it minimizes the amount of conflict and tension and all of the things, you know, we'll pick on myself for just a minute. I'm an Enneagram type three. And one of the things that I've had to continue to be conscious and aware of over the course of my career is we as threes have a natural tendency to focus more on the goal, the objective, the task list, the thing that we need to get done and not spend enough time focused on the relationships and the people and investing in caring for those that we are leading. And so I have to be very aware of the making sure that I remind myself that people are more important than the project. Mm-hmm. And am I prioritizing the task list or the goal or the KPIs over the person that's sitting in front of me that's helping me accomplish the goal. And when I'm stressed or anxious or overwhelmed, it's much easier for me to slip back into some of those old patterns that I recognized earlier on. And so even becoming more aware with my own work uh, that when I'm stressed or overwhelmed or tired, it's easier for me to slip without realizing it into some of those, you know, unhealthy leadership patterns. Um, that are unique to me as an Enneagram type three. And so um, we all have a strength and a superpower that's connected to our type. And with that strength and superpower also comes a potential weakness or liability. Sometimes they can look very similar, but every Enneagram type is beautiful and necessary and needed, not only in the world, but on our teams. And so I think some of the teams that are doing incredible work are teams that have diversity of different personality types um, who are operating at healthy levels. Absolutely. I hope that as people have been listening, whether you are someone who wants to do some work for yourself and improve those, you know, business and life relationships, or whether you have a team or you're thinking about hiring, I think there's something here for everybody. Um, and even at a surface level, I think a whether it's Enneagram or something else, there's sort of uh, for team culture, like a shared understanding of a tool and whatever that tool is that you pick, it's really enjoyable to be able to speak that same language and be able to connect in that way with people you work with. It automatically helps you know them a little bit better and helps them know you a little bit better. I know you mentioned some books and you know maybe that's not where you'd recommend somebody start, but I'm curious if somebody wants to dive deeper and learn more about the Enneagram, where do you recommend that people start or continue their education about this tool? Yeah, so I think a book is actually a great place to start. Um, I There's a lot of information out there on the Enneagram. It's not all created equal, just like any information right now, you kind of have to discern the source. And so the book that I recommend everybody start with, if they're just beginning to learn about the Enneagram, is a book called The Road Back to You. And it's written by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. 
um, fantastic book. They both also have podcasts. The podcasts are more through the lens of the Christian faith tradition. So that's something to keep in mind. If that does not align with your perspective, um, I think you could still get some great things out of it, but they are, you know, even outside of that worldview, they're leading teachers uh, when it comes to the Enneagram. And that book is a great overview. Uh, Beatrice Chestnut is another one who I have learned deeply from. She's written some great books and also has a great podcast on the Enneagram. She tends to approach it more from a leadership perspective. And she's not approaching it from the lens of a faith tradition. So she tends to be more neutral and professional in that regard. But um, those are the top two that come to mind. And we would be remiss in not sharing, you know, you've spoken about some of the work that you're doing, but can you tell us some of the ways that people connect with you and work with you to um, benefit themselves and benefit their teams through the use of the Enneagram? Yeah, thank you. I would love to. So I have kind of two areas of focus. So one would be coaching with individuals. I have pretty limited availability for private coaching spots now. And so um, there's a wait list for that. But if that is a priority for someone, they would definitely want to reach out and get some information and jump on the wait list. I do have a group coaching program that relaunches again this September And I'm really excited. The group dynamic of walking through this information together in a community of female leaders has just been so transformative for me even. I mean, just learning from other female leaders and watching the way that they walk through things. And so what we do is we walk through the exact same framework that I bring my private coaching clients through, but we get the group dynamic and the support and the learning from one another. And so we hit all of the self-awareness pieces and the practical growth action. And then we begin to lean into how do we lead other Enneagram types effectively and well. And so I'm really excited to bring back another round of that this fall. And then the consulting piece looks like some options for really short one-hour workshops for teams. Most of that is done virtually, unless you're in Southern California. And um, also we have, you know, some longer half-day retreat workshop options. Um, And so, yeah, so that's just kind of a snapshot. Those are the things that I enjoy the most. Absolutely. And for people who want to stay connected with you and learn about these things that are coming up in your business and the offers that you have, I know you have a free Enneagram assessment link that, oh, by the way, all the things, including the books will be listed in the show notes and your website. But if people also want to use that link, then they can be connected and I'm sure you'll send them out emails and notifications of all the cool things that are happening. Yeah. Well, and the assessment link is also just a great place to start. Not all Enneagram assessments are created equal. And so I'm privileged to be able to give my community access to one of the best for free. And um, it's about 80% accurate, which is about as good as it's going to get. And it's just a great starting point that, you know, with the Enneagram, an assessment doesn't type us. We type ourselves But the assessment helps us narrow down to kind of our top two potential options. And then we know we can zero in and kind of focus our learning in those spaces. And so excited and and grateful that I get to offer that 
to my community, to my clients. And so if you're here and you're thinking, I'm not quite sure what my Enneagram type is yet, that's a great place to start. And then from there, I would start reading a book or listening to a podcast, uh, digging there for more. Absolutely. Are there any parting words that you would like to share about the Enneagram or, you know, the work that people are doing with this tool? I think what I would say is the tool itself is neutral. And so it's all about how we approach using the tool. And so, you know, I've come across many people who along the way, someone has used this tool to label them in a way that did not feel good, or they made assumptions about them and that never feels good to us. Or they watched someone use this tool to explain away or excuse hurtful or harmful behavior. And my heart for this tool is when it's operated and used at its highest and its best, it's an opportunity for us to look at ourselves with compassion and acceptance and see the things about ourselves that need to change and that we want to change so that we can operate at the highest and best version of ourselves. And this work is not warm and fuzzy work. I I always have to give that disclaimer to my CEOs and my principal leaders when we're on sales calls for a workshop. Like this is not going to be a warm and fuzzy, everybody feels so good kind of workshop. It's vulnerable. It's a lot of you know, you know, if you were following Brene Brown, this is her gig, you know, it, it feels like we kind of open ourselves up and, you know, where do we go from here? So I tell people it's beautiful work. It's effective work. It can also feel kind of brutal. Um, even for myself, all of these years later, you know, because you're allowing yourself and whoever's doing the work with you to see some of the parts that, we naturally want to keep hidden and we naturally want to pretend they're not there. It's not fun for me to own and recognize that I naturally want to put projects and task lists and things before people. That goes against everything in my heart and in my values. But it's a reality that I have to face and I have to be aware of. It's also part of what helps me get stuff done. So it can be a gift, but that's what makes it beautiful. And then also kind of brutal at the same time. Isn't it Brene Brown who uses the word brutal, or maybe it's Glennon Doyle. One of those two lovely ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've heard it as well. And you're right. It's one of them and I can't tell you which one, but that's how this work feels. But again, if we're looking for growth and transformation, that doesn't happen when we're comfortable. It, it happens when we feel like we're stretched and it feels It happens when we feel uncomfortable and it happens when we're looking at things that maybe are hard for us to face. You know, the other thing that I say to people is if you're looking for somebody to give you tough love and kind of kick you in the butt and hold you accountable, that's not who I am Um, because I just don't operate in that way. What I, what I am going to do is I'm going to create a safe space for you to look at the stuff that's holding you back that um, you usually need other people to hold you accountable with. We're going to do that in a safe place and a place where you feel accepted so you can face it and then move through it. And that frees you up to not need all of the accountability that you needed before to do all of the things. Right. And it comes from such a place of empathy because you know what it feels like to do the work. And so 
<laughs> you know, the most effective way to do it is not to, you know, beat people over the head with it to have to provide this because it's going to be hard enough on its own without adding extra hard that doesn't need to be there. Oh, absolutely. And it's part of why it's so important to me that I continue to do my own work. And in working with my own coach and my own people in my life who understand my weaknesses and my shadow side and the things that I'm working on, because if we're not doing our own work, it's easy for us as leaders to make quick judgments and assessments of others. And I think sometimes it's easy for us to lose touch with that empathy, which is something that we need. We are all human. And even in the last few weeks, I've had a few days lately where I'll think to myself, I feel very human today. You know, like I'm very in touch in this moment, in this day with some of my weaknesses and some of my limitations. And there's a humility that comes with that, um, that I think helps us lead out of a place of vulnerability as leaders that you don't get if you're not leaning into the work. It's part of why it's beautiful, but it's also part of why it's brutal. And I don't know about you, but I can't think of any leaders or teams that I work on who, if they're not doing some type of this work, you can really see it reflected, not just in the team satisfaction, but in things like growth and and revenue. I mean, they don't say that building a business is some of the highest uh, form of sort of self-help work that you can do uh, accidentally. You know, it's been repeated over and over and we've heard this for a reason because if you really want to have the things that you've set out to have, you cannot, in my opinion, ignore this type of work in order to get there. No, we self-sabotage. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where if we are an entrepreneur or a leader or a business owner, we're coming up against our stuff often. And if we are not uh, becoming more aware of it and learning how to use tools to manage it, if we don't have someone we trust that's speaking into our life and helping us see the things that we can't see for ourselves, either our team and our clients are paying the price and, or we are also paying the price. And that's just universal. That's just part of being human. We all have work to do. And what I love is when we can be in community doing the work together, you know? And I just thank you so much for coming here and sharing not only your light, because every time I connect with you, you just have such a gorgeous inner light that shines through and such a way of communicating and connecting that I always am so grateful for, but just giving us the idea and the option that we can use something like this test that can have such a ripple effect across all areas of our life. And, you know, if people identify and want to use it, it, it's there and you're there as an incredible resource as well. So I just want to thank you so much for your time today. Oh, Julie, it's a pleasure. And same to you, my friend, you're just doing such incredible work in the world. I've had the privilege of not just getting to work with you, but also working with those whom you lead and those who lead you. And the feedback across the board is that you are just a gift to those that you serve and those that you partner with. And so you're doing great work in the world, my friend. That's so kind. I think, you know, if we 
we're sharing what the common factor in that is. It's just, we're showing up to do things we really love and, you know, nothing is going to be able to beat that. There's not, you know, there are days that are hard, but ultimately if you love what you do and you love the people you do it with, like nothing is, is bad. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely helps. Cause you're right. No matter what you're doing, there are going to be hard days and no matter who you're working with, there's going to be some hard stuff, but when you love what you do and you're doing the work, it makes it all worth it in the end. It's good. Absolutely. Well, again, I want to send everybody to the show notes. What I love is that because it makes it easy for people, your website and your Instagram are your name, Carissa Harrison. And so that's a great way to connect, but we will put all of the cool links that you shared and ways to connect with you. So I thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Julie. 